Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here with the hiccups and the hick downs, I guess. Our number is 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811. Did you say $50 million, Mr. Producer? Maybe I'm in the wrong business here. $50 million? Wow. That means I'm worth $5 billion, don't you think? Just saying. All right, that was a side conversation. You know, I was watching the spokes idiot today, and it's a very painful experience, but she does reflect the idiocy of her boss. You have one idiot representing another. And, of course, they go into this issue that the Republicans want to cut Social Security and Medicare. This is such a lie. It's so grotesque. I've talked to you about this, that Social Security and Medicare are specifically protected. They're not discretionary budget items, ladies and gentlemen. They're so-called entitlements. They're not on the table. The military is not on the table. Veterans benefits. The VA, not on the table. And so you're going to hear this kind of stuff. The fact is, if we're in a budget situation, it's due to Mitch McConnell and the 18 moron repubics who voted with him. It's due to Chuck Schumer and all the Democrats in the Senate. It's due to Nancy Pelosi and all the Democrats in the House. And it's due to the clown in the Oval Office. Joe Biden. They rushed this through in December. They rushed it through. You didn't know what was in it. I didn't know what was in it. Members of Congress didn't know what was in it. They were just in a rush to get there before the Republicans are sworn in the majority in the House. So they pass this spending monstrosity, and then they tell the Republicans, now you pay for it. 
Okay, we'll pay for it, but we're not going to raise the debt. You've got massive amounts of spending here. And you know what they did? Listen to me. All that money spent on COVID, hundreds of billions of dollars, they put that in the baseline. In other words, they're including those monies as the baseline from which to increase spending even further. McConnell went along with this. Now, of course, the Republicans have to say no to this in the House. In the Senate, they went along with it. Mr. Producer, would you be so kind during the break, at least, to pull up the names of those Republican senators? They deserve marquee attention. That's not what I want to talk about right now. I want to talk about the Marxist left, whether in America, whether in Israel, whether in any so-called democracy or republic. Now, the Marxist left did things in this country which you know, but may not really have sunk in as you were watching it in real time. The same Marxist left operating in the state of Israel. How many times do I say, what happens here affects the state of Israel and vice versa? It's true in so many respects. Donald Trump is supposed to be a persona non grata. They have worked seven years to turn him into public enemy number one. Seven years. The dirty work of the Democrat Party and the Republican establishment. Seven years. The corrupt media. Seven years. The corrupt Department of Justice. The corrupt Stasi, a.k.a. the FBI. The corrupt U.S. Attorney's Office. The corrupt District Attorneys, Democrats, elected. They work overtime. Now, why would they be doing this? Because they don't like his personality? Just think about it. Step back, seriously. Pretend it's 100 years from now. Think about this. They come up with a dossier that is a complete fabrication that federal law enforcement uses to try and threaten and intimidate an incoming president. Then they use it to launch Democrat Party investigations in the House with thousands of witnesses, millions of pages of documents. They conduct two impeachments, one over a phone call, which was perfectly fine, and another impeachment over January 6th, where there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever. Whatsoever. That President Trump was responsible for it. Two impeachments. They even hold a trial in the Senate while he's a retired president. They conduct a criminal investigation with the most partisan, awful prosecutors. And the head prosecutor has dementia. For two years, criminal investigation of the president of the United States. He's still under investigation by the Democrat radical Soros DA in Manhattan. 
by the Democrat radical Soros Attorney General in Albany, by the Democrat radical Attorney General in Atlanta. And now there's a special counsel investigating documents and January 6th. And what is the the requisite law that they're investigating on January 6th. Oh, they're digging back to post-Civil War period, and, uh, and they're looking to concoct arguments that should never be made at all. Now, think about that. Day in and day out, and how the American people are deluged with propaganda day in and day out. But that's not all they do. They interfere in the election. They use federal law enforcement. They use the intelligence agencies. They use the media. They cover up the scandal in 2016 involving his opponent, Hillary Clinton. The thousands and thousands of emails that were used on her private server in her Westchester home. Nobody ever searched her house, certainly not with a warrant. No FBI SWAT team there. It included classified information. She was no president. Gross negligence, the FBI director said, Comey. So that's not good enough. You need specific intent. So why are they investigating Trump? Oh, it's not over gross negligence. It's over obstruction. What are you talking about? We wanted the documents, and he wouldn't give them to us. So it's obstruction. Hmm. And we had, a, we had to get into that Mar-a-Lago, boy. Despite the Secret Service and everything else, we knew where the documents were, but we needed to get in there. And January 6th is a political issue. The transfer of power. They want you to believe that there was an interference by Trump with the transfer of power. The interference is called politics. Politics, working with state representatives, and I don't know this to be true, I'm just guessing, state legislatures. Talking about another line of, you know, electoral voters. And so forth. That matters to be resolved by the Congress, not by a grand jury in Washington, D.C. or U.S. attorney. So basically, you have the FBI, the Department of Justice, being politicized and effectively used against the Republican Party, against the Republican candidate for president, and ultimately against the Republican president, And now against an announced Republican candidate again, Donald Trump, who seeks re-election. It's amazing. It's sickening. It's the Democrat Party, which is tied at the hip with the FBI and the Department of Justice. Now we go to Biden. I ask you to look at these homes that Joe Biden has in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, a three four million dollar home maybe more i want you to look at the host the house in wilmington two three four million dollar home this is a man who lived on a government salary for all but two years of his career all but two years 
But speeches, Mark. Speeches what? He didn't buy that Wilmington home when he was in the private sector for two big years. Same with Rehoboth. He bought those homes earlier. Says he released his tax returns. Now everybody knows he and the doctor set up as corporations and their tax returns have not been released. Besides, tax returns reveal what you tell the government if you're telling the truth. Money under the table. Money that's, that give, that's given to Papa through other means and so forth. That's not on tax returns, is it? No, it's not. You have the president in the case of Biden, who is the head of the Biden crime family. That's why they were covering up the laptop. That's why the media didn't want to know anything about the laptop. If it was a bunch of crap, they would have revealed it and then used it against Trump and the Republicans. But no. It is a massive collection of evidence to be used against the Biden crime family, starting at the top, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. But there's no special counsel to investigate that. None. Of course, they'll look at uh, they'll look at Hunter, maybe slap him on the hands, but not Joe. Specifically, specifically, they're avoiding. Joe. They're bifurcating the investigation of Hunter from Joe. How is that possible? They have a laptop. They have evidence. Even the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost admit that the laptop is evidence. Well, then what's in it? Fingerprints and DNA. That's what's in it. Including Joe Biden's. It's really quite amazing, isn't it? It's amazing to watch this. Now, what does this have to do with Israel, for crying out loud? Benjamin Netanyahu was hated by Israel's Marxist left and their media. Despised. Why? Because he's a conservative. Israel was founded by socialists. They set up a government similar to Britain's, but worse. It's more like Italy's. They installed a socialist economic system. Netanyahu comes in. He's a free market guy. Not only that, he's big on defense and protecting his people. He doesn't buy into this two-state solution. And if you kill an Israeli, well, he believes in an eye for an eye. The left in America hate him. The left in Israel hate him. The media in Israel hate him. The New York Times and the Washington Post hate him for all the reasons they hated Reagan and they hate Trump. And yet, he's a tremendous leader. So Israeli Attorney General Gali Baharav Mara and the state's attorney's office in Israel are considering, you ready for this? Declaring Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu unfit to serve due to a conflict of interest, they claim, created by his government's planned judicial reform. In 2021, the High Court of Justice ruled that a conflict of interest arrangement formulated under the former Attorney General was binding for Netanyahu. 
So the exactly the court and the judicial system that he, his party Likud and the coalition parties that make the elected government Israel where they've said they need to be brought back into balance with the elected part of the Israeli government. That unelected part is claiming they have the power to declare Netanyahu unfit to be prime minister of the state of Israel. And that he can't nominate judges or police commissioners or anything else. I want to get into this. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Can you imagine an attorney general with ties to the judicial system separate and apart from the elected part of the government? Declaring that the elected prime minister of the state of Israel through the coalition parties. Declaring the election null and void. If that's not judicial Marxism, judicial tyranny, I don't know what is. I don't know what is, but this is the mindset on the left in our own country. With our attorney general of the United States. And the Department of Justice and the FBI, that's what I went through all this stuff, that they were working with the Democrats, the Manhattan, Albany, Atlanta, DAs, criminal investigation for two years, two impeachments, a phony Russia collusion dossier. The left is Marxist. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, 
and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. I have Mike Pompeo, and I have Stephen A. Smith. I decided a long time ago, whether in radio or TV or whatever, that I'm not going to do what the media do, even our so-called media do. That is, when I interview Mike Pompeo, I'm not going to create a scandal, create a controversy with Nikki Haley and him and so forth and so on. We're going to have a discussion about his belief system, about the policies he was involved in, about some fascinating, truly fabulous matters he raises in his new book. But you're not going to find me doing what all these phony so-called journalists do. I want them to have an opportunity to speak. Not, not the, the group think, the controversy, how many hits can we can have, can it raise ratings? I'm not going to do it. And the reason I'm having Stephen A. Smith on is because he's actually quite a fascinating individual. And I think you're going to see that. You're going to see that uh, when, we, uh, when I talk to him. It's really quite, quite interesting. And uh, has a lot more in common with many of us than one might think in terms of his thinking processes, his, his value system, and so forth. So that's important and very interesting as well. So again, I'm not going to use the occasion to try and create controversy or anything like that. That's not what I do. I give my own opinions. And this show, Life, Liberty, and Levin, is not there to just regurgitate things that have happened elsewhere and just create controversies. I'm not interested in that. I think you want to know more about these people and their policies. And in the case of Pompeo, things he did that have not been public. And I would discourage Republican candidates who are very, very serious about potentially running for president to take the bait. Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. And I have found in, I guess it's 42, 43 years with my involvement in politics as a young tyke and so forth, I have found that this is the best way to do things. I'm talking about in your own life and also in, in, in politics. Run with your own agenda. So I would, I would discourage Republicans from, from doing that. Now, if they want to do it, they'll do it. But don't take the bait. If President Trump attacks you, you've got to decide. You're going to take the bait? If a reporter brings out a quote in somebody's book, you're going to take the bait? Are you going to say, you know what, I'm not here to do that. I'm here. This is what I want to do. These are the issues I'm facing as, 
as a candidate and why I want to be president. What do you think of an attorney general who can rule that the prime minister in Israel cannot be the prime minister because he's abusing his power by promoting legislation legislation that could control the very people that he's been talking about. I just think that's shocking. And now we have this prosecutor roaming the countryside to try and take out Trump. Let me, let me tell you something. The prosecutor, the special counsel investigating Biden, guy is a relative pussycat. But I'm going to tell you something that's going to upset you, too. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but I am going to say it because I'm sure many people who are doing investigations already know this. The predominance of scholarship, and I don't mean phony experts, of actual scholarship. And the position I've taken for 30 years is that you cannot indict a sitting president. Now you'll probably hear this on the five on Monday or from some legal analyst tonight or tomorrow, having said it on the air here, because it hasn't been said anywhere else. Mr. Producer and I see things that we say here. Our man Rush used to talk about the echo chamber. We know exactly what he's talking about. That the President of the United States can classify and declassify. The Vice President can't. CNN did their best to make a run at that. They made fools of themselves. But it doesn't matter. You heard it here first. And this is one of the reasons... I've concluded that Joe Biden is so cocky about it. I have no regrets, he says. Because in his mind, he has no fear of being charged with anything. That's the problem. And so I'm not uncovering here a secret. It's just something I've studied for decades it's something that has been written about by both Democrat and Republican Assistant Attorneys General for the Office of Legal Counsel. It's something that has been debated over the years. And the reason, you might ask, why? Well, ironically, here we have an Attorney General in Israel saying that she may determine whether or not the elected Prime Minister of the country can be Prime Minister. The problem, therefore, here is if you have a U.S. attorney indict a sitting president, that means the sitting president would have to spend most of his or her time defending, and they would have to if they want to remain free, or the threat can be made in order to influence the decision-making processes or agenda and policies of a sitting president. There's a lot of reasons why that's the case. There's a lot of reasons. 
So I've heard the question been asked to a couple of legal analysts, even a couple on Fox, as the statute of limitations run. And they both said no, and they're both correct. Why? Because Biden still has the documents, or he did up until a few weeks ago. So the statute doesn't run during the ongoing commission of the offense. But their answer should have been, no, the statute hasn't run, plus we have another problem. He can't be indicted. And by the way, not that he would be by this Department of Justice. I guarantee you, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. They're in full cover-up mode. I have told you now. Since the moment we learned about this think tank file, I have told you on this program first, on Levin TV, and on my Sunday show, that this is a cover-up. You can go on the internet, you can go on my social sites. We've, we've linked to it. And it is a cover-up. And it's spelled out right here in the Washington Post as the Biden administration continues to leak to try and cover their ass. One of President Biden's personal attorneys writes the Washington Post. They try and do it very friendly, of course. Enter the luxurious 10-story office building so near the U.S. Capitol that its promoters built it as front seat to power on a Wednesday last November to begin what seemed a mundane task, clearing out a rarely used office that Biden occupied after leaving the vice presidency. I don't buy that for a minute. They waited two years. Nonetheless, the attorney, Pat Moore, went through a large closet and found nothing out of the ordinary. A person familiar with the matter said, speaking on the condition of anonymity to discuss an ongoing investigation. These are the Biden people. Then he tackled a smaller closet, finding it stuffed with folders, boxes, and either political memorabilia, including documents related to Bo Biden's funeral, drafts of political speeches, and boxes of personal books, the person said. Probably found a whole bunch of... Uh, Hustler magazines, I would think, Mr. Producer. But next, Moore made a surprising discovery, a folder with a cover sheet saying it contained secret government documents. He immediately called another attorney and notified White House Counsel's Office, which in turn contacted the National Archives, according to two people familiar with the matter. So now we have a third version of what happened when he found the documents. But if the way they found the classified documents was out of the ordinary, Biden's lawyers were determined to be sticklers for the rules once it happened, said people familiar with their work. So here's the cover up in part. Those first decisions inside the area office complex, the Biden-Biden Center at 101 Constitution Avenue launched a 71-day push by Biden's team, federal archivists, and the Justice Department. To make sense of the startling discovery, it culminated in Attorney General Merrick Garland's decision to the deep consternation of many in the White House to appoint a special counsel. That's not exactly the way it happened. Interviews with people directly involved in the discovery and the subsequent fallout provided new details in the effort to handle the crisis created at the intersection of politics and intelligence and law. Republicans and other critics say the White House was, at a minimum, slow to seek the truth and level with the public. Well, why is it just Republicans saying that? 
It's a fact. Biden's aides say they were simply proceeding cautiously in a sensitive probe and taking their lead from federal investigators. In mid-November, in a communication that has not previously been reported, a senior official in the Justice Department's National Security Division wrote a letter to Bob Bauer, Mr. Fix-It, Biden's personal attorney asking for his cooperation with the department's inquiry. The justice official asked specifically that Biden's legal team secure the materials from the Penn-Biden Center and refrain from further reviewing them or other relevant documents that might be stored at a different location, according to the letter, the contents of which were shared with the Post. So obviously these are Biden's lawyers leaking this. If I were Mr. Comer and Mr. Jordan, I'd make sure Bob Bauer was brought front and center, attorney-client privilege be damned. The justice official also requested that Bauer give the department formal consent to review the materials. He provide a list of other locations where relevant materials may be stored as the department waited the proper protocols for future document searches. Uh, it's called calling in the FBI. Now you see the leeway? You see the leeway the Department of Injustice gave to the Biden people? Have they ever treated Trump this way? So the Biden people, were told in the Post, adopted a strategy of caution and deference, making only limited moves in coordination with federal investigators to determine the number of documents involved, their significance, and how they were mishandled. They hoped that would earn the trust of investigators, avoid comparisons with Trump, who's under federal criminal investigation for his own mishandling of classified materials. And by the way, at least we can say Joe Biden's under federal criminal investigation, too. And end the matter quickly. Instead, yielded a political firestorm and repeated accusations of obfuscation, and instead of a speedy resolution, they now face a special counsel. But what's the key thing that took place here? What's the key thing that took place? I have to take a break, and I will tell you in a moment. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Now, here's the big part. As you can tell, the Washington Post is doing a kiss-ass story for the Biden lawyers. But then they reveal this. You ready? This is very important. Washington Post writes, and you got to dig into the article. It's a long article. Early on, Biden's attorneys and Justice Department investigators 
Both thought they had a shared understanding about keeping the matter quiet. They said cover-up, and it's a cover-up. But it was blown up as a result of Trim and Comer's appearance on my show two Sundays ago. That's why it's pretty cool to watch the show if you can't watch it live to DVR it. The White House was hoping for a speedy inquiry that would find no intentional mishandling of the documents, planning to disclose the matter only after justice issued its all clear. Federal investigators, for their part, typically try to avoid complicating any probe with a media-feeding frenzy. Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco, she is this Fingali who runs the Department of Justice. She is a radical left-wing commie from the Obama administration. Deputy Attorney General, don't forget her name, Lisa Monaco, declined at a news conference on Wednesday to say whether law enforcement officials suggested Biden representatives should keep quiet about the case. But the approach would end up prompting accusations that Biden's team had purposely kept the public in the dark. The White House and the Justice Department conspired to cover up this investigation and to get it over with as fast as they could. This is what I told you on day one. This is why I'm so thrilled you're here listening to this program, even on a Friday evening. It is a cover-up. It remains, in large part, a cover-up involving the National Archives, the FBI, the Department of Justice, and the White House. And, of course, they've put out their talking points to the corrupt Democrat Party media, which is, we're not Trump, there's no obstruction, we've been transparent. This is a cover-up. Part of it has been revealed, but it's still a cover-up. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. I know there's a lot of big football games this weekend. I can't control what you watch and don't watch. Thank God, it's a free country. But may I suggest if you don't watch Life, Liberty, and Levin live this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, can you set your DVRs and record it? Set them now so you don't forget? Because it's a very, very, very important show. I really focus in on on the law and the justice system and the courts and all the rest. As only I can. Just because it's my background. Because it's my background. And you'll hear about it on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday anyway without attribution. Throughout the conservative echo chamber. So you might as well hear it from me first. 
Remember the Biden plans for housing and for suburbs and all that stuff? Remember all that? Joseph Lawler is the policy editor for the Washington Examiner. Thank God he's not the editorial chief. Uh, because too often, whoever that is, uh, has their own issues. But anyway, Biden HUD moves to require equity plans from localities under fair housing rule. Let's first start this way. Suddenly, the word equality has been replaced with the word equity. Equality is a word that you'll find in the Declaration of Independence. It is a word you'll find in parts of the Constitution. It's a very legitimate word. Equal justice under the law. Equal opportunity. Stuff like that. But equality without liberty is tyranny. Equality without liberty is totalitarianism. Equality without liberty is the Biden administration. I keep looking for this word liberty in his executive orders. It's non-existent. I keep listening when he speaks. What about that word liberty? Non-existent. What about that word individuality? Non-existent. And yet this is what our nation was founded on. It's so different. It's so different from Rousseau and Hegel and Marx and all the rest of them. The birth of America was so exceptional, so unique. Biden HUD moves to require equity plans from localities under fair housing rule. Now, what we're getting from equity plans and equity generally is the resegregation of society. We're getting anti-white racism anti-Asian racism. We're getting all these things. While we celebrate Martin Luther King's birth, on his birthday as a national holiday, and his speech, I Have a Dream, delivered in August 1963 at the Lincoln Memorial, was all about equality in a colorblind society. He wanted his four children to grow up in a society that was focused on the character the uh, on their character and not the color of their skin so you can't have critical race theory and believe in a colorblind society and believe in martin luther king's message at the same time they can't let's go on with this the biden administration is moving to require state and local governments to submit equity plans equity plans to the federal government to avoid falling afoul of fair housing rules. So you see now these are equity plans, not non-discrimination plans. Department of Housing and Urban Development submitted a proposed rule yesterday that would mandate local governments submit plans and reports relating to civil rights concerns or else risk losing access to federal subsidies. We talked about this even before the election at length with Stanley Kurtz. This proposed rule 
is a major step towards fulfilling the law's full promise and advancing our legal, ethical, and moral charge to provide equitable access to opportunity for all, said HUD Secretary Marsha Fudge. I never liked Fudge, Mr. Producer. Being lactose intolerant at all had a bad impact. Forget about her. I'm talking about real, you know, Fudge. So you see... All of a sudden, it's equity, not equality, because equity fits the Marxist model. It's this equality stuff, equal access. We're not talking about equal access. We're talking about equity. The new requirements, part of a rule known as affirmatively furthering fair housing. Let's get the Stanley Kurtz on here Monday, Mr. Producer, okay? I normally don't say that over the air because the backbenchers will hurry up, dial up Stanley, are justified as following through a provision of the 1968 Fair Housing Act that required localities affirmatively further fair housing as a response to historical segregation. Version of the rule originally been implemented under the Obama administration and then repealed by President Trump, thank God, who had sought to portray it. It's part of a war on the suburbs during his 2020 election campaign. He didn't seek to portray it. That's what it was. Trump's attack on the rule overrode earlier efforts to reform it. Biden administration had partially restored it in June of last year, but withheld the part of the rule related to compliance. Now that the midterm elections are over, of course, that's exactly what they're doing. What is new is that process for compliance, which in the Obama version of the rule was criticized as overly burdensome, will involve local governments submitting an equity plan. So every local government in the country has to submit an equity plan to the bureaucrats at Housing and Urban Development. And the equity plan is, and I will tell you this, is so the government can say we need to fix these these communities. It's a war on single housing, a push for dense housing, apartment complexes, a push for public transportation, a determination by bureaucrats sitting around a table at at HUD in Washington, D.C., for communities all over the country, 2,000 miles away, to decide where they should put a baseball field, where they should put a library, where they should put, put a park, and to do it in a way that addresses equity. Equity. I'm telling you, the Democrat Party hates this country. They claim to stand up for minorities when in fact it was that party that pushed eugenics and hated minorities. And more on this later, but I just want you to know your communities, I don't care what your race is, I don't care who you are, we have more integrated communities than ever before in this country. We have what's called inner suburbs, in many cases, or majority minority. It doesn't matter. They have a scheme, they have an ideology, that's all that matters. And this is a very dangerous scheme and ideology, and I will discuss this further on Monday, as we have in the past, but I just want you to be aware 
that those demands for compliance forms went out yesterday to every community in the country. And you better keep your eyes open. I know it's exhausting now being an American citizen, isn't it? What's going on in the schools? What's going on in your local governments? What's going on in Washington? It's exhausting. Because you're steering, you're staring, excuse me, you're staring tyranny in the eye. You're staring tyranny in the eye. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service it kicks butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter wireless. What is taking place is something we all never thought would take place. You are seeing a seismic shift in the fundamental principles by which this country is supposed to exist. I just talked to you about what they're planning to do with our local communities. Do you know why? Alexis de Tocqueville, who was one of the great geniuses as he traversed the nation here, about a hundred and more than 150 years ago, Frenchman, he actually wrote two volumes, which we call Democracy in America. He observed how America functioned, how it was different. He was so enamored with it. Thought it was such a fantastic society. He died at a very young age, around 50, as I recall. His book was not widely, or his two volumes were not widely read. Took about another half a century for people to really understand what the man had written. Democracy in America. If you haven't read it, when it comes to scholarship, it's actually a very enjoyable and intriguing read. It'll take you some time. But I think I think you'll enjoy it. You don't have to be an expert, a scholar, this side or the other. But there's another reason to read it. He points out so many of the strengths of this society compared to Europe, compared to prior societies. One of the things he talks about in the book, among many, 
is the fact that the United States is made up of thousands of towns and hamlets and villages. All over the geography. And he believed that one person or a centralized entity could never conquer them all. Because they're so thoroughly independent and the people in each one of these towns and villages and so forth, they're independent people. They wouldn't tolerate it. And while they have different backgrounds and different areas of work, I guess today we would call them professions, The fact is, they had one thing in common, their love for this country and their freedom within it. The so-called middle class, which does not describe America because we don't believe in a class system, that's Marx, but I have to play along so people understand what I'm talking about. The so-called middle class was never supposed to exist in the United States, according to Marx. The proletariat would rise up and overthrow the bourgeoisie. That is, the workers would rise up and overthrow the managers. But that's not what happened. We had the Industrial Revolution. And despite how it's portrayed as the robber barons making all this money and ripping off everybody else, the robber barons made a lot of money. But as a result of what they created, they created a middle class. That's what they did. Who else would have bought what they, what they created? Steel and ironworks. Railroads. Oil, fossil fuel. Automobiles. Airplanes. Electricity in your home. I could go on and on. And these robber barons, as they call them, these were the greatest entrepreneurs in the history of mankind. You're supposed to hate them because they acquired enormous amounts of capital. But if they hadn't acquired enormous amounts of capital, they couldn't have built an oil industry with oil lines all over the country. They couldn't have built Railroads from one end of the country to the other. They couldn't have built bridges and eventually skyscrapers. They couldn't have built automobiles. They couldn't have built <clears throat> planes. They couldn't have tied everybody's home to an electrical system. None of these things would have been possible. But for their entrepreneurship, their inventions, and yes, their monopolies. That's been replaced with a government monopoly, which is exceedingly different, difficult, and dangerous because a government monopoly also has the power to make law, to prosecute, and to criminalize. Private sector does not. So when you fuse power with money, that is governing power 
with confiscated money. And if that entity that you've created doesn't believe it has limits and believes everything it does is righteous, you have a problem on your hands. Like every other society that has been corrupted. So you've been taught to hate Rockefeller and Carnegie and Mellon and Vanderbilt. You've been taught to hate the men who build America. You've been taught to love the men who taught you to hate the men who built America. And they sought to break up these monopolies in order to create their own and to exercise their own power. I'm not, I'm not a monopolist, don't get me wrong. I'm just talking about how this works. Alexis de Tocqueville, well, he saw these communities, he saw that the American people had deep faith, that they attended churches and so forth, and he said these people will never be conquered. They'll never be conquered by their own central government the way the Europeans have been. The whole point of using HUD this way is because the radical left Marxists know what I just told you. And they are populated throughout the government bureaucracy and the Democrat Party, and they're constantly coming up with ways and schemes to conquer us. Climate change, local zoning, language change, brainwashing our children, open borders, changing society. It's daunting. I'll be right back. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service it kicks butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Yellow, yellow, yellow. I want you to listen to this audio because when I heard this, I said, what the hell is this idiot saying? She's now accusing Ron DeSantis of being a racist and a bigot. Let's listen to the moron, the idiot who speaks for the idiot. Go. 
What was the White House's reaction to Governor Ron Santos's education department blocking the teaching of AP African American Studies, uh, saying it violates Florida's new uh, state law and, quote, significantly lacks education? Now, why, why is this a question that's posed to her? Why? Because it's a setup. Jean-Pierre Idiot, isn't that her name? She was uh, ready for it. She and this phony reporter worked it out as a way to do a hit on DeSantis. And I've warned you before, uh, this is the way they're going to deal with DeSantis. So here, she can't say a word about Joe Biden's illegalities. We take it very seriously. (laughs) I mean, I've said it over and over. The president has said it. I don't think we could be clear. He takes it very seriously. But here's what she says. Go. I have concerns about this action by the DeSantis administration. Aren't you concerned? Don't you think he's a bigot? Come on. Don't you think he's a racist? Don't you think he's anti-black like most Republicans? Come on. Tell us. Tell us. Go ahead. Administration does not dictate uh, any curriculum for local schools. That is not something uh, that we do here. But there is something that we do want to comment. It is... Hmm. um, it, it oh, is I inc- guess she's all set and ready to go, right, Mr. Producer? Like, we don't dictate, but I'm ready to comment. Go ahead. Comprehensible that uh, to see that uh, this is what uh, this ban or this block, to be more specific, uh, that DeSantis has put forward. If you think about the study of black Americans, that is what he wants to block. Uh, and 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 again, these types That's of enough. Act- she goes on like that. So DeSantis wants to block the study of black Americans. Does that make any sense to anybody? Maybe she's thinking of Joe Biden in the 1970s. Segregationist Joe Biden. DeSantis doesn't want to block advanced programs and studies of African Americans. So we turn to the great Stanley Kurtz, because I was wondering, what the hell is this? Stanley Kurtz writing at National Review says the college board, the group that runs the SAT test and the Advanced Placement Program, AP programs, has launched a pilot version of an AP African American Studies course, APAAS, to great fanfare in the mainstream press. Although the pilot has received plenty of publicity, the college board has clothed the course in secrecy. The curriculum has not been publicly released, nor have the names of the approximately 60 schools of which the pilot is being tested. What's with the secrecy? Well, you know what it is. In various press accounts, college board advisors, teachers, so as not to fall afoul of the new state laws against the teaching of critical race theory, have denied that the APAAS advocates critical race theory or indeed any particular theory or political perspective at all. On January 12, however, the administration of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis wrote a letter to the College Board informing it Florida was rejecting its request for state approval of the program. The letter from the Florida Department of Education's Office of of, uh, Articulation. That's a strange name, but it is what it is. Goes on to state that, quote, 
As presented, the content of this course is inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks educational value. At the same time, the letter notes that in the future, should College Board be willing to come back to the table with lawful, historically accurate content, the Florida Department of Education will always be willing to reopen the discussion. In short, DeSantis has decided that the course does in fact violate Florida's Stop Woke Act by attempting to persuade students of at least some tenets of critical race theory. Kurtz writes, as far as I know, this is the first time that any state has refused to approve a College Board Advancement Placement course of any kind. So you see, this is how they make, or plan to make, DeSantis controversial. Not the College Boards, not their crap, no. DeSantis, for so wait a minute. While there were serious expressions of concern by some states during the 2014 controversy over the College Board's leftist revision of its AP U.S. history course, no state or school district actually refused to approve the course. So this is a bold and unprecedented move by DeSantis. Now, DeSantis's refusal to approve it is entirely justified. Notice the reporter didn't say that. And why is it? Although the College Board has pointedly declined to release the curriculum, Kurt says, I obtained a copy and wrote about it in September. There I argued that they're proselytizing for a socialist transformation of the United States, that it directly runs afoul of new state laws barring CRT, and that to approve the program would be to gut those laws. See, you knew, you knew the attacks on the guy were crap. Florida Stop, uh, Stop Walk Act, for example, bars any K-12 attempt to promote the idea that color blindness is racist. Yeah, I thought Martin Luther King promoted that idea. Yet most of the readings in the final quarter of the APAAS Unit 4 Movements and Debates reject color blindness. I said at the beginning, and I said in American Marxism, you cannot embrace critical race theory and a colorblind society. Critical race theory is based on anti-white racism. Even if you're black and you don't buy into critical race theory, you're considered part of the anti-white racists. They got it all figured out over there. There, APAAS suggests reading CRT advocate Eduardo Benilla Silva. Best known for his theory of colorblind racism. I read this guy. He's a disaster. Overall, the readings in the final quarter of the APAAS... The, quarterly, the quarter chiefly devoted to ideological controversies rather than to history per se, are extraordinarily one-sided. They promote leftist radicalism with virtually no readings providing even a classically liberal point of view, much less some form of conservatism. If DeSantis were to approve a course pushing the idea of colorblind racism, he would effectively be nullifying his own Stop Woke Act. You notice... How none of this is mentioned by the person asking the question of DeSantis and how they try and pigeonhole him as anti-black as they tried to pigeonhole him as anti-gay. They just lie. They are the worst of the worst. They're so damn corrupt. Then there is APAAS promotion of socialism. A state doesn't need a pre-existing law. Decided that a course filled with advocacy for socialist radicalism is inappropriate. In my early exploration of its curriculum, I described the neo-Marxist thrust of the course. This is evident enough from the readings. And he goes on. 
into other specifics. The College Board's decision to keep the APAAS curriculum secret is indefensible. And I'm sure that the spokes idiot for, for Biden has read it thoroughly, aren't you? At least during the 2014 controversy over AP U.S. history, troubling though it was, the curriculum was public. This, of course, is why the College Board is resorting to secrecy now. It's trying to get states to approve it for a high school and college credit before there's even a chance of informed public debate. Last October, North Carolina's James G. Martin Center submitted a public records request calling on the lab school of Florida State University, where we know that the APAAS is being piloted to release the curriculum and associated materials. Gavin D. Burgess, Associate General Counsel of Florida State University, wrote back in December, refusing the request. According to Burgess, the vendor, College Board has asserted that the materials you are seeking are trade secret and confidential. Again, for the College Board to keep it its curriculum secret while simultaneously asking states to approve the course for high school and college credit is indefensible. This secrecy validates long-standing concerns about the College Board's acting as a de facto unelected national school board by filling APAAS with Marxism and critical race theory while at the same time presenting the course as a harmless exercise in African-American history. The College Board is trying to fool the public. In effect, the College Board has decided to go to war with the national movement of parents working to take back control of their children's schools. The College Board is using secrecy and prestige to nullify democracy. Yeah, and what about the spokes they did for Biden? She's not that clever. She's just trying to nullify democracy straight on. The tactic is nefarious, but politically clever. What governor wants to be attacked for rejecting a course in African-American studies? takes guts to say no to a course that looks benign on the surface, but is in fact filled with CRT and leftist propaganda. DeSantis has got guts, he says, and he's right. The larger danger here is that once it is approved, we will see the college board devise AP courses in women's studies, gender studies, transgender studies, Latino studies, environmental studies, the full panoply of politicized studies, quote unquote, courses that have balkanized and politicized higher education. Florida has invited the College Board to revise its curriculum. A radically reconfigured APAAS still has a chance in Florida. And again, DeSantis is setting the mark for other states. Will red states now reject the current curriculum? What about Texas? What about Georgia? What about Tennessee? What about South Dakota? These... And other states have CRT laws and Republican governors. To prove this curriculum is currently configured would be to make a mockery of those laws. And why would any state, CRT law or no, prove a course plugging socialist radicalism? We shall see how it plays out and whether the College Board maintains its unjustified secrecy at a minimum. No state should approve APAAS until the curriculum is released. Now you know why they're attacking DeSantis. You're attacking DeSantis because he's a leader. Because he's America's governor. Because he paves the way. Not Chris Sununu. Not Larry Hogan. Not all the other backbencher buffoons. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. Eduardo Benilla Silva. Eduardo Benilla Silva. Who is he? What does he preach? Now that Stanley mentioned him. It's interesting. Coincidentally, I opened the program by explaining, and of course in American Marxism at length, that... Critical race theory and the I had a dream speech, Martin Luther King's view, are absolutely, absolutely at opposites. They're at opposites. Both cannot exist. Martin Luther King promoting equality, an end to anti black racism. But Eduardo Benia Silva is a Marxist. And so they're promoting equity, which in, in truth is uh, not the end result, but nonetheless, they're promoting equity. So that empowers them to determine if you have too much, if you're the wrong person, what you should be doing, what work you should be doing, how you should be doing it, how many cars you should own, and so forth and so on. Equality is, is not about that. Equality is effectively about equality under the law. Equity, properly understood, is an embrace of not so much civil rights laws as Marxism, communism. And so the language has changed. This is why he writes about colorblind racism. If you're colorblind, how can you be racist? Simple. If you're promoting critical race theory, which is, at bottom, the promotion of anti-white racism, even if you're not white and you actually love America, you're obviously an anti-white racist between your ears, if not by skin color. But it is a horrific racist ideology. Racism used to be if you treat somebody who's different than you in a really hateful way and call them hateful things. The new racism is certain people cannot be racists and certain people are racist as a result of birth and skin color. That is totalitarianism. I'm sure Hitler himself would agree with 
that kind of thinking process, quite frankly. I'm just being honest. And that's the problem, isn't it? Individualism is destroyed. Freedom is destroyed. And it is a complete reversal. But I can get into that another day. But colorblind racism, that's a phrase you need to remember. I'll make sure we all remember it. Because it demonstrates the incompatibility of equality and equity. And Martin Luther King's message and critical race theory's message. I shall return. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Hello, 877-381-3811. Final hour of the week. But there's always life, liberty, and Levin. If you don't get enough of me, I'll be on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It's the number one primetime show on Saturday and Sunday evenings, even though I'm up against football. Even though I'm up against this show, Yellowstone, with its endless promotion. And what's that guy, Mike, what's his name with the dirty jobs? What's his, Mike Rowe. They throw everything they can at me, Mr. Producer, but of course football was there before I was, but they throw it all. And we're number one. Thanks to you, not me. It's thanks to you. Because I let people speak. Nothing is more annoying to me than a host that constantly interrupts their guests. And there are several. There are several. They think their question is more important than the answer. No, it's not. Every now and then, keep your big mouth shut and let people speak. Now, you might think you know who I'm talking about. You don't. It's one of the shows. I can't even watch it anymore. Um, But I won't name the show. It's on earlier in the day. I want to read this to you, too, because you're Americans. Many of you don't give a damn about what's going on. But this is amazing to me. This is an update on the story I was telling you about with this attorney general in Israel. 
Her name is Gali Baharav Mayara. She's elected to nothing. It's now reported that she's close to requiring the Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to take a leave of absence. If this isn't a legal system and a court system that is utterly and completely tyrannical and out of control, I don't know one that is. She is reportedly close to ordering Benjamin Netanyahu to take a leave of absence as a prime minister on the grounds that his government's plans to overhaul the judiciary amount to a breach of conflict of interest rules that bar him from involvement in matters that might impact his ongoing criminal trial for corruption. It's not going to involve anything, and that ongoing criminal trial is a joke in and of itself. That's one of the reasons they need to fix this system. Turns out that witnesses, in some cases that they were using, didn't say what the government prosecutors said they would say. In fact, they turned out to be better witnesses for Netanyahu than the government. And some of these allegations are so utterly Mickey Mouse, it's the kind of thing they're going to try and do to Trump. I fear. The Khan public broadcaster reported Friday that the Attorney General and her aides are closely studying a 2021 decision by the Supreme Court Justice Hannon Melser. So this is the incestuous situation. One protecting the other. Who ruled that the Attorney General alone has the authority to make such a call? An unelected Attorney General who works closely with the court that Netanyahu is trying to reform that unelected Attorney General because the the court justice Hannon Melser rules that she has the power to make a decision that bars Netanyahu from serving as Prime Minister, he has to take a leave of absence? Is that not unbelievable? Netanyahu is on trial, blah, blah, blah. Now, his government's in the midst, times of Israel, of pushing contentious legislation that will weaken Israel's judiciary. Israel's judiciary needs to be weakened. Ladies and gentlemen, the Supreme Court has the power, directly and indirectly, to appoint its replacements. The Supreme Court has the power to overturn laws passed by the Knesset. Even laws that are not even brought before the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has the power to make policy decisions. As bad as our courts can get, and they can get bad, this court is like no other in the free world. And so the conservatives get elected and they say, we've got to fix this. And now they're trying to destroy their prime minister. They are constantly trying to destroy Netanyahu because he stands up to them. He stands up to them. So, many in the public are disgusted with the allegations against Netanyahu. They see them for what they are. But there's no linkage. There's no linkage. And um, it's really shocking to me that you just had an election. 
the conservatives won by actually a significant number. If they had a system in Israel where you were actually voting for the prime minister, Netanyahu would win hands down. Hands down. But an attorney general has the power to unseat him temporarily, or at least for a period of time, I guess, because a Supreme Court justice said so? Now, what kind of a, what kind of a governing system is that? It's not a democracy. Certainly not a constitutional republic. What is it? It's a tyranny. Now, I wanted to bring your attention to something I bet you haven't, you haven't heard from our pre- friends, uh, friends at PJ Media. Mr. Producer, are you sure that was $50 million? 50, how many years? $50 million for four years? And he's fighting publicly? Gracious, goodness gracious. Wow. It's amazing. Where was I? Oh, PJ Media. Matt Margolis, he's a great columnist. I think he's terrific. Here are over 1,400 proven cases of election fraud, and that's just the beginning. So all the legal analysts, all the commentators, all the hosts, all the news outlets, where is the evidence of fraud? Well, apparently, there's at least 1,400 proven cases. According to the Democrats, election fraud doesn't happen except when Republicans win elections. In those cases, it was probably Russia, who somehow hacked in and changed votes. I mean, how else... Could a Democrat lose, right, says Margolis? Meanwhile, we're all supposed to collectively turn a blind eye when Democrats win an extremely close an election under suspicious circumstances. When that happens, we're told that election fraud is a myth, that our elections are perfectly secure, and if you dare ask questions, you get censored by social media because you're a threat to democracy. But election fraud is not a myth. In fact, 1,412 confirmed cases of election fraud been documented in the election fraud database maintained by the Heritage Foundation's Legal Center. According to the Heritage Foundation, the database, quote, provides a sampling of recent election fraud cases, demonstrates the vulnerabilities within the electoral process, and the need for reforms to secure free and fair elections for the American people. Of the 1,412 confirmed cases they've documented, there have been 1,219 convictions. As bad as this sounds, it's not even the entirety of the problem. Heritage Foundation explains the database doesn't list potential fraud discovered by election officials and others. That is never investigated or prosecuted, and it obviously cannot list fraud that goes undetected when states with poor security don't have the tools in place to even realize such fraud is occurring, says Hans von Spaskowski of the Heritage Foundation. So we will, of course, have this on MarkLevinShow.com, the Mothership website. If you want to download it and anybody asks, you can carry it in your pocket or your purse. I'm not judging. And pull it right out. I'm talking about the document. I'll be right back. Mark Levin.
Is it Randy? Randy, are you there with us in Oakland, California? Something happened to you? I have Hello? silenced him with my genius. Let us continue. Lamar, Panama City, Florida, the great W-Y-O-O. Big stick there. Lamar, how are you? Good. How are you doing this evening, Mark? Very well, sir. Two-part question. Uh, one, about what you're talking with Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, isn't that kind of the crazy crap we're trying to have our swamp up in Washington, D.C. due to any of our Republicans? You mean isn't that what they're doing to them, you're asking? Well, they're trying to basically make it where they can run us out. <laughs> if they could I think out. in a different way you're 100% correct. They're intimidating these Republicans. Uh, I think they're trying to make an example out of Trump. He didn't deserve to be impeached twice. He didn't deserve to be criminally investigated. He doesn't deserve what's going on now. I'm not even just talking morally. Man hasn't done anything. Then they secure six years of his taxes with the support of the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court to do what? To leak them. There's no criminality in those taxes. He ran his businesses on the up and up. Then you have Letitia James, who is a radical kook commie in Albany. She runs for office. She gets to keep her license, even though she said one of the reasons she's running is to bring charges against Trump. Then you have another kook, left-wing DA, who puts a grand jury together to go after Trump in, in Atlanta. Then you have another kook, Soros DA, in Manhattan, who's trying to find ways to go after the Trump businesses, too. That's three Democrat DAs slash attorneys general. Then you have a U.S. attorney, uh, special counsel or special prosecutor, really. This guy Smith, they yank him from The Hague where he's busy prosecuting war criminals to go against Trump on January 6th and documents, which is a disgusting thing what they've done there. While they're covering up for the Bidens, Hunter, Joe, uh, Jim, uh, the, uh, the, the corrupt Biden family, while they refuse to enforce the border, while they refuse to prosecute people who are threatening justices, um, you know, by, uh, by protesting on their properties and so forth. I could go on and on and on. So to answer your question, the long way around is 100% yes. And going What's into your the second Biden part? Situation? What's that? This is Biden situation. You touched into on Biden. You've touched into it. Mm -hmm. Doesn't it all still transfer back to Obama? It does in the sense that that means Obama didn't turn all his documents over to the archives, and the archives said that he did. Obama didn't know that he had a a mental midget vice president, or maybe he did, who purloined these documents, I think, to write a book or something. Maybe to give some to his son. I don't know. But there's a reason why Joe Biden acts like it's no big deal and says, quote, that he has no regrets. It's because he won't be indicted. Well, thank you for letting me ask the questions, Mark. You have a wonderful evening. You take care of yourself, buddy. Thank you. Is J.D. still on there? Is he around? Excuse me, Randy. Randy, are you there now? <laughs> I'm back. Where have you been, I man? by accident. I, I got so excited, I panicked and pressed the wrong button. Oh, I thought you had to take a restroom break or something. How are you, my friend? <laughs> I'm good, thanks. One of the last few conservatives in Oakland, California here. Um, That's for sure. Yeah. Um, Another so used to telling... be great city, but not anymore. Go right ahead. Yeah. 
it was. I, arguing, arguably the greatest mid-sized city in America for many, many years. Yeah. Um, so what I was telling your call screener was that a friend of mine and I had uh, obtained absentee ballots, and it's not that you can get them. It's, it's amazing how easy it is. Um, mm-hmm. The tables that are set up in business districts, we would stop and just say, um, I want to register, and they'd say, okay, do you have a mailing address? And I said, yes, I got a mailing address. Um, I don't have any identification with me. And I used an address. I've got a, a shop here that's an industrial shop, and I used that address. Just filled it out, signed it, made up a name, and got absentee ballots. Uh, actually got them at the post office, just filled out the paperwork at the post office and submitted it. Um, we never used them, obviously. We'd be the poster children for corruption if we tried to use them. But we've got lots of them. They're unopened, you know, with fictitious You got names. lots of them. You didn't use them, but you did it to demonstrate how crooked this whole system is, obviously. And I, I called a couple of years ago because we've been getting them for a couple of years. I didn't get through that time. I have showed it. I did a little work for a candidate up here, showed it to his attorney, and he threw up his hands and said, that's kryptonite. I showed it to another guy who was a, a kind of a higher up with the California Republican uh, Party. Same same response. I don't want to. I'm not going to mess with that. I don't want anything to do with that. So well, we know what's going on, and not just California. In all these states, Nevada, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Um, look, where you don't have a secure system in place, you have crooks. Whether it's uh, robbing the Seven Eleven whether it's robbing a bank, whether it's cryptocurrency, or whether it's voting. You are inviting and motivating crooks, and there's crooks of all kind, and no no more powerful than in politics. Thank you for your call, my friend. Power. That word power. Doesn't it all come to that, down to that word power, as I've been saying for 20 years? Power. Power is the issue, right? I don't know if any of the great philosophers tripped over this or not. I'll have to check Newsweek, Mr. Producer. Power. That's the issue. Who has it? Who gets it? How do they get it? How is it exercised? Questions are unlimited. But that's what it comes down to. That's what government comes down to in politics. That's what in so many respects, society comes down to, ultimately. Who rules over whom? How do they rule? Under what circumstances do they rule? What are the limits, if any? Power. And that's why the founder said, if you don't have virtue, we can write whatever we need to write. The finest constitution man's ever seen, and it won't survive. The founders all understood that. John Adams wrote about virtue at some length. But they all talked about it. Liberty without virtue is tyranny. Constitution without virtuous people to to honestly apply it is anarchy or tyranny, one or the other. I'll be right back. 
If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. We also have a liberal line I have failed to mention. 877-381-3811. The liberal line. Oh, did I promise to take some more calls, Mr. Producer? Let's see here. Folks, my printer is broken. This is what we call a pain in the butt. Hold on a second. I'm connecting. Give me a caller, Mr. Producer. Go for it. The great WABC, Susan in Brooklyn. Go. Mark. Yes. On Martin Luther King Day, a week, I just wanted to, like, um, say that yes. Donald Trump was one of the greatest, um, his policies uh, did promote many policies for more minorities. He mm-hmm. was the only president that permanently funded black colleges. It's true. Um, Obama didn't do that. Clinton didn't nope. do that. Neither did nope. George W. Also, that he got charter schools passed in Washington, D.C., which mm-hmm. Bill Clinton, Obama, and I hear the Biden... No, Obama is- actually undid one. I mean, he fought them while sending his kids to an enormously expensive private school. You're right. Exactly. Total hypocrites. Yes, this, that Sydney school, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. In, in their limousines. While I the think it's the my- Sydney Powell School. Schools. Yes. No, you're also, right, Susan. Yes. Also, mm-hmm. um, and, and these were things that he did um, based on fairness, based on opportunity. That that wasn't necessarily his constituency, mm-hmm. but he pushed it through. Um, he also got the Right to Try Act through for um, uh, experimental drugs, which mm-hmm. saved many lives. And he was under attack constantly. He accomplished so much. And, you know, especially I think that he is like, wants to just see the whole country, all Americans um, prosper, and that he has the executive and the uh, mind and the critical thinking skills. Uh, and he, I don't believe, I, I think Governor... I take it you're going to vote for Donald Trump. Oh, no! I, not only am I going to vote for him, I'm going to get everybody that I can possibly um, persuade through whatever organizations as a baby boomer, I can't sit back because I've been blessed to live in such mm-hmm. a great um, time because of the greatest generation before us. And I really just appeal to everyone of every generation, especially baby boomers. I think our generation has at least half of the stupidest generation ever. Who does? Ours. <laughs> well, but we, it only takes a small majority or a small minority, as in the Revolutionary War, because many of mm, those people I've heard that before, you know. The Brits. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call very, very much. Nice lady there. Let us continue. Mr. Producer, I need your help. To whom shall I speak? Mm, mm-hmm. 
Mordecai, the great WABC in central New Jersey. Mordecai, how are you, sir? Good, Mr. Mark. How are you? Very well, thank you. Great. I actually, we met, I, I met you and your wife at RJC in Vegas a little over a year ago. I gave you my card. You might not remember. Um, we talked. You're the one. Bit, but, um, sorry? You're the one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, wanted, my question for you was in reference to Netanyahu with, with what's going on um, in Israel. I, I see a lot of news stories about uh, people uh, walking and protesting about him, doing uh, doing something in the uh, Ah, so what? The, the same left-wing kooks. That's all they did. They turn out the uh, blue and white party, the this party, the Schmageggy party. That's what they do, the same rabble-rousers. Who cares? That's, my, that's part of my question, though. It's, it's more or less, do you think that with the uh, with you know how the whole founding of Israel was more secular, do you think that if it was a more religious founding, that would have had affected uh, people's mindsets in today? Netanyahu won, and the other parties won, and they won fairly substantially. Um, the prior government won nothing. They brought in the Arabs, and these Arab parties are hostile to the very existence of the country they claim to represent. Uh, the media in Israel is uh, two steps to the left of Marxist, and it's very monopolistic in terms of their ideology. Uh, some of the conservatives win there. They have all these powers arrayed against them, including a highly politicized left-wing court and court system, uh, which rules like an iron fist, like a like a Politburo, like a uh, Soviet Politburo. And they're even prepared to uh, remove Netanyahu from office in order to advance their agenda. Now, that is about as sick as it gets. And so, yes, you have a lot of secularists. You got a lot of uh, all kinds of ists uh, operating there. All right, my friend, thank you for your call, Mr. Producer. Who's next? KDWN Las Vegas. JD, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, but I'm getting better. Uh, Mark, we first met at the Kennedy concert in San Diego when you had your book uh, previewing Men in Black. As a fellow Pennsylvanian from Wait a Wilkes minute, Bird, that's like 15 years. That's a long time ago, 12 years, whatever it is. And I, I believe, but... As a fellow Wilkes-Barre, uh, Pennsylvanian, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton yes. guy yes. out in Vegas here now for 47 years, if it wasn't for you and Hannity in the last 12 years, I think I would be insane because of all the backstories that you bring out, all the rationale, all the education that you've given us on the Constitution. I've told you this many times. Uh, just, I just hope you the best of health in the new year, the best energy ever, and if I may, bring up a subject that I would like you to check out, and the name is Susan Rice. She has been in charge of Biden's domestic agenda for two years. She has quiet. not appeared on any Sunday shows. You're right. She has not answered any questions. I saw her two months ago uh, saying that it, uh, the student loan program was a good thing. That is the only thing. Do you know her husband is a producer for ABC since 1998? During the Benghazi hearings, she never disclosed any of that. She's worth over $40 million. Here's my conspiracy theory, Mark. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Not $50 million over four years? $40 million? The last I looked, it was $44 million, Mark. Oh. Her and her husband is a programming director of ABC since 1998 in news. 
Nothing was disclosed during Benghazi about that relationship. Here's my conspiracy theory. She's there. Valerie Jarrett moved into Obama's house in Virginia. Why? I don't know. Why Obama? Obama has a house in Virginia? He has a house in D.C., I believe. Oh, I thought it was in Virginia. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, And and Valerie Jarrett moved in there. And my Wait, you know this, or you're is, surmising this? Uh, it was reported that Valerie Jarrett, oh. Jarrett, when he bought the house, moved into the house. What the hell's with the going on with Michelle Obama and Valerie Jarrett? What what kind of a three thing is that? Well, my my theory. Can is, you explain that to me, sir? Being from Las Vegas for forty seven years, does that sound kosher to you? I wouldn't bet on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. my theory, Mark, to close with. It goes yeah. from Obama to Jarrett to Rice and to Biden. And Obama said 90% of the people in Biden's administration worked for him. He said that in a news conference about six months mm. ago. He admitted 90% of Biden's people worked you for Obama. You left out one thing in that. It goes from Obama to this. The devil. I'm not as good as you are, sir. The devil. It goes to the devil. You are absolutely right, sir. And like I said, the best of everything to you and Sean. And boy, do we miss do we Big miss Rush, the boss. El Rushbo. Yeah, no question. We sure do. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. going to want to miss my opening statement. So if you're not going to be able to watch, may I encourage you to set your DVR right now to record it. If you're going to record anything, record that. Uh, In the entire show, we're going to have Stephen A. Smith, a really fantastic discussion with him, and of course, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who's going to have a lot of very fascinating information for us. I don't want people to come on who say or do the same thing they do on other shows and other states. That's not what I do. That's not what we do. And that's why I feel uh, you come and watch us on Sunday, come hell or high water, no matter what we're up against. So please check it out. We go to America every Friday in honor of you. Here we go.
Please don't forget Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern, you can DVR it. Send your rec- set your recorder now so you don't miss it. I know you're going to love our Life, Liberty, and Levin this week. Well, the week's officially over. The weekend officially begins. And we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and truckers. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Zelda. Good night, Smokey and Gigi. Good night, Indy. Good night, Patton. Good night, Rory. Good night, Barney and Marty. God, we miss you. And good night, Dad and Mom and Leo and Joe. And good night, America. I'll see you Sunday and Monday on the radio. God bless you.